Hello everyone. In this week's episode, you will hear how the Baltic states are becoming a serious startup hub, how Lithuanians are opening a Christmas market in an old prison, why Americans put a Latvian oligarch in their sanctions list, and why Estonian kids have to often get their pills from Finland. I'm Anna Udre from Latvia and this is the 24th episode of the Baltic Reports. We are three Baltic journalists behind this only English-language Baltic podcast, with me, Marian Menne from Estonia and Jill Skorwood from Lithuania. So if you like what you're hearing, please support us. You can donate through Fixers.press website. So what was going on in the Baltics last week? I will guide you through the news stories from the second week of December. There are around 6 million people in the Baltic states, but they owned more than 2,000 active startups altogether by the end of summer 2019, which is quite remarkable. Baltics are clear frontrunners in Central and Eastern Europe when it comes to capital raised. Nearly half of the total funding raised in the region was done by the Baltic startups. The Baltics have even caught up with the Nordics when you look at per capita numbers. All of this was revealed in the second Startup Scene report. The report was published by the European organization EIT Digital and startup accelerator Wise Guys. It turns out that Estonia is still the leader within the Baltics. Seven out of 13 biggest deals were done in Estonia in 2018. The most funding in the Baltics was attracted by an Estonian transportation network company Bolt. The number of Latvian and Lithuanian startups rose quickly. Especially in Lithuania, there were 572 more startups in Lithuania than the year before. Lithuania's most successful startup until the third quarter of 2019 was the car-sharing company CityBee. For Latvia, the most notable deal was done by the blockchain startup Bitfury. Even though the Baltic nations are quite tech-savvy, innovative and manage to attract large sums of funding, the Western world still often associates them with their Soviet past. This can hold Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania back, the report concludes. This week in Lithuania. It was a prison for over 100 years and now it is being transformed into experimental Christmas market. This is what maximum security jail in Vilnius is undergoing at the moment. Lukishkiu prison was used by Russian Tsars, first German Reich, Polish and later Soviet Lithuanian authorities. Many famous prisoners were confined there, the most famous being future Soviet executioner Felix Dzerzhinsky, future Israeli Prime Minister Menachem Begin and French rock musician Bertrand Cantat. The courtyard of the prison they were held in will be open to the public from December 20. It will host light installations, interactive swing and many other attractions which will satisfy the needs of Vilnius dwellers and visitors. This temporal transformation reflects the long-term aspiration of Vilnius municipality to transform the former prison into a culture and art space. The alternative for conventional markets, the Christmas prison, will be open for visitors until January 5, 2020. For the sake of the fatherland, this is the slogan that Lithuanian Prime Minister Saulius Skvernos decided to register as his brand. Why doesn't he want to allow others using it? 
Well, he used the phrase as his slogan during the presidential election, and subsequently quite a few political initiatives were born using the same or similar name. Strangely, at the same time, Skvernelis denies that he will be using the brand for any new political party or movement. He claims that it's just to keep other politicians from using it. Such prime minister's move raised concerns among many, and some Lithuanian influencers even published an open letter criticizing it. In their letter, they claimed that the phrase is the property of all Lithuanian citizens, not just one person, and the registration has to be revoked. The words for the sake of the fatherland or Tevinis Labui in Lithuanian are in fact used by the Lithuanian military and police forces. Members of the Riflemen Union pronounce it when giving an oath. Soldiers and policemen use the phrase when accepting awards. So the question why did the Prime Minister had to take it for himself remains a mystery. Probably as a former policeman, Skvernelis just wants to be in control. This week in Latvia. A well-known Latvian oligarch, Ivar Slembergs, has been put on the U.S. sanctions list based on the so-called Magnitsky Law. The U.S. authorities have accused him of corruption, while his decade-long trial in Latvia on similar charges still continues. Lambergs is linked with the former ruling coalition party, the Union of Greens and Farmers, and he was also the mayor of Ventspils for more than 30 years. It's the second-largest port city in Latvia with an important role in the country's transit industry. Lambergs is also known to have many business ties with Russia. The goal of the U.S. sanctions is to reduce Lambergs' economic and political influence over Ventspils Freeport and other companies under his control. Therefore, the U.S. Treasury is also sanctioning four other entities that are either owned or controlled by Lambergs. At the same time, there are concerns on how to keep the companies that are strategically important to the state working without suffering any losses. The Latvian government therefore has decided to take over Latvia's free ports to reduce corruption, improve their management and to reduce consequences from international sanctions. Lambergs has responded by saying that the sanctions have been applied against him by Latvia's government. The U.S. authorities have put a number of corrupt people on their blacklist, especially the ones who have done dirty deals with Russia. Together with Lambergs, other people were sanctioned on the same day, including corrupt immigration officials from Venezuela, Cambodian illegal lodgers and others. There was supposed to be a concert by the world-famous Enrique Iglesias in Riga earlier in December, but it turned out to be a scam. This proves that a memorandum that was signed by both the industry and the government, pledging to eliminate fraud and ticket sales, has proved to be useless. Thousands had bought the tickets but never received the money back. Even though it's not the first time something like this has happened, the scale of the event has shed a light on laws that do not protect the consumers. 
The concert was hosted by a Bulgarian company that has now vanished with all the money it collected selling tickets to the fake concert. The company has hosted fake concerts before also in Zagreb and Minsk and they have allegedly received more than 1 million euros from the scam. The ticketing platform which helped sell the tickets says it's hard to track the activities of all the concert organizing companies. There's also no law that would make the ticketing company to return the money to consumers. The Ministry of Economy urges the ticket sellers to cooperate more with the Consumer Rights Protection Center. The Memorandum on Information Exchange between the ticket sellers, Consumer Rights Protection Center and the Ministry of Economy was signed in August earlier this year. So far it has proved to be ineffective and therefore further measures will probably be taken. This Week in Estonia Estonian children's doctors often ask their patients to cross the Baltic Sea to buy medication in Finland. That's because in Estonia the remedies simply run out. For example, vitamin K, which is given to newborn babies, recently ran out in several hospitals. Many child-friendly syrups are not available in Estonia. Therefore, adult treatments are given to Estonian children instead. The Pediatrics Association spoke out in a public letter and Estonian Pharmacists Association called it a crisis. The pharmacists blamed the wholesalers for the lack of necessary amount of medication. The wholesalers refused to take the blame. There are problems with as many as 295 different drugs in Estonia. Medicine shortage is a serious issue in many countries. The World Health Organization considers access to essential medicines as a human right. The problem of not having enough necessary medication is especially severe in small markets like Estonia. Estonia's pharmaceutical market is controlled by three main companies, one of them Estonian. A new law was supposed to open up the market and make it more transparent in 2020, but a law was stalled this autumn. A famous Estonian trader, Herman Sim, was released from prison this week. The court decided to release him early because it would keep Sim more on the right track than keeping him behind the bars would. Sim used to be chief of the security department at Defense Ministry. Before that, he also had a higher ranking at the Soviet military police. He was found guilty of treason 10 years ago in Estonia's first major spy case since the country's independence. It turned out that Sim had sold thousands of confidential documents to Russian Foreign Intelligence Service. Since then, several other Kremlin's agents have been arrested. For example, the former Estonian intelligence officer Alexei Dresden and the officer at the Estonian Defense Forces Denis Metsevas. How Kremlin has so successfully managed to get Estonian officers and officials to work for them remains a question. Some blame Estonian surveillance, but it is possibly also inevitable between two neighbors that don't have trust between each other. These were the main news stories from the Baltics from the second week of December. If you have any suggestions or tips, don't hesitate to reach out to us. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook or Twitter. You can do that by looking for fixers.press. Thank you for listening. Until next week.